Hoyt Archery has been my bow hunting sponsor since 2005. And personally, I really don't care what bow you shoot, what brand it is. I just hope that you have the same level of confidence in your equipment as I have in mine. Because I know if I get one opportunity with my Hoyt, it's going to pay off. First Light Farms has been a great sponsor of the podcast because bottom line, not everybody gets their bowl every year. So some people's freezer isn't filled with elk meat. For people like that, they want an option of how can they eat elk meat that's great tasting and really as close to wild as you can get. Because if you look where these elk are raised in New Zealand, it's mountainous country. So if you're looking for an option of great tasting, lean, high quality protein, check out First Light Farms. Every step I take, I move my truth. Every time they tell me stop, I use. Every comment, hate that makes my feel. Gather up my energy and boom. I hear them talking, saying the way that I move is so reckless. That is a part of my mind I've been blessed with. Giving my blood so I am relentless. All right, we're here, the Keep Hammering Collective. This is episode two with Justin Waller. How are you doing? Glad to be here. Um, I think the hard part's over, so yeah, 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 good day, good day. We've had a full day for sure. Yeah. Lift, run, shoot. Um, been great to share it with you. I just want to say, you know, as an intro, um, the reason why I reached out about having you come on is that you caught my attention on Jedediah's podcast. And I liked, you were talking about business, you were talking about your struggles coming up as a businessman. And then I see, you know, then I look at your Instagram and I see like this lifestyle, I'm like crazy, lavish, looks like yeah. so successful. And it's like, I'm like, that's a journey. That's a journey that I think I could learn from. So tell me about what's the story of Justin Waller? Man, you know, I grew up in South Louisiana, I always joke. When I'm somewhere really nice, like Dubai, I'll be like, man, that's a long way from the trailer park. You know? <laughs> I so you. Uh, I, I grew up in the South. My dad was a cotton farmer and he, you know, it didn't work out there. So he went into managing restaurants, mm -hmm. managed a little chain called Mr. Cook, and then was doing McDonald's. Met my mom in Vicksburg, Mississippi. Mm. Um, didn't have the best childhood. Don't, uh, I think I've told that story a million times or anybody mm. watching this, watch me knows about that. And, um, in a lot of ways I saw what I didn't want to become. And I think people see, mm -hmm. see things and they either follow that route or they kind of go away from it. I mm -hmm. kind of went away from it. Right. Um, very blessed for that childhood. And what was opinion. challenging? Well, I mean, there, it was, you know, we were poor. Mm -hmm. There was a good bit of violence and screaming and, Mm -hmm. bunch of custody courts, police, mm. you know, a lot of right. physical altercations in front of us, things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, things I would not change, though. I like to be very, very clear about that. I, mm -hmm. I feel very, very lucky mm. to have had, you know, certain things or see certain things in my life. Mm -hmm. um, and then I decided to, you know, go to college and go that route, play football. Graduated in 2009, though. Mm. So I thought I was going to get this job in Dallas, you know, right. That didn't work out. So I, I had actually read Rich Dad Poor Dad my junior year on the way to play Arkansas. I was yeah. telling you about that. And I right. even said that on Jedediah. like, <laughs> you know, because I'm, I'm a bit, dys, bit dyslexic, you know, yeah. so it's like I, I read it. Uh, I read it once, but I really kind of read it five times. Right. So it sunk in. And uh, so I knew what I wanted to do. Yeah. But I thought I was going to get a job in in. Um, in transition from stacking some money up to going into a job. Yeah. Didn't really work out that way. I ended up waiting tables, ended up getting a job. I saved up enough money to 
apply for my contractor's license. Okay. And again, I, I did finally get a job around 2010, mm-hmm. but you know, youngest one in, last one in, first one out on the layoffs. Right. Okay. So what I was, was the job? I was working in right outside of New Orleans doing a levee project. Okay. Um, in a little town called Braithway. So we're driving piles like 150 something feet in the ground. Oh. Yeah, it was crazy. It was yeah. where the wild things are too. Alligators, hogs, everything <laughs> was out there. And uh, it was one of those situations where it's like, you know, you, you're you living off per diem, mm-hmm. you know, you're working 12 hours a day, but you're stacking that money up. Yeah. No, I hear and, you. And ramen noodles aren't that bad. Right. Rotisserie chicken's not that bad. <laughs> and I knew I had a goal. Yeah. So I did that. And then um, because I got laid off, I didn't really have an option. Mm. When I was a little boy, I would work for my stepdad. He'd do metal buildings in backyards. Mm. So I kind of had that consciousness. Right. You know, and I, so you didn't have a job and you're like, now what? Now what? Right. So, I mean, I was already broke. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So what I did is um, I took that money and I, and uh, what was happening is I was living off the per diem and I knew I wanted to start the business. Right. So I went to the bank and had the lady auto draft my check into this other account where I wouldn't see it. Okay. Because you had to have a net worth of $10,000. Right. And I didn't have it. Nobody right. had it, right? Okay. Not in my family. So once I had done that, I took the money, I applied for my license for residential. Yeah. And then I took the money and put it in another bank and then went and applied for my commercial. I don't know if I had to do that or not. That's what I did. Yeah. I'm going to make for damn sure, you know, um, and that'd be 12 years ago in March. So 12 years, 12 years. It seems like it's been, I mean, 20, 12 years. Bro, it seems like it's been forever, but, uh, but the growth too, I yeah. mean, could you have anticipated where you'd be now back then? You know, what's funny is when I was 24, mm-hmm. I set goals that I was not yet qualified to make. So when I got to 30 and I wasn't where I thought I was supposed to be, yeah, I was upset. Right. But what I didn't realize I'd gone from two guys in one truck uh-huh. to five trucks in you know, 30 guys. Right. You know, and, um, so you're, you're on your way up. You just, I was. yeah, you just had huge but, aspirations. Man, you have that, you know, you had that, you know, all these big goals, millionaire by 30. Now the yeah. business was doing 2 million, right. 3 million. Yeah. Uh, at the time, but it's very hard to be profitable. I had scaling issues. Yeah. I got thumped. I should have went bankrupt so many times. <laughs> I remortgaged my house a bunch of times to cut. I've never missed a payroll. Okay. But I've been fucking close. Yeah. Man. I've been real close. Right. And um, I've had all kinds of things happen. I've had steel fall. I've had roofs leak. I've had guys get cut wide open. Oh, man. I've had trucks stolen. I bought my own uh, tools back from the pawn shop. Yeah. You know, it's the, it's the game, you know. So, so you get, you know, I took some hits. We pivoted. Yeah. About four years ago. And um, I just... I just stayed in the same game long mm-hmm. enough to, you know, you take that jab enough time to eventually you slip it. Right. It's just like a, a fight out in the schoolyard, man. Eventually you roll on top. You better get your licks in. Yeah. Yeah. And and so True. that's what we did. Mm-hmm. And um, it worked. I found this. I found the systems and the structure that really worked for me. Mm-hmm. I got a lot of help, read a lot of books, paid for a lot of consulting. Hmm. You know, I didn't pay for college because of football, but I certainly paid to learn. Yeah. You know, well, even like being young and you said you want to be a millionaire by 30, where was that? How, where was that dreaming from? I mean, why, why was that? Cause most people like, I'll just speak for myself. You come up, you just want to get a, a good job. You want to get yeah. a job that pays the bills. Maybe yeah. if you play the game, right, you can buy a house and a decent truck. Yeah. So where this, I want to be a millionaire by 30 come overachieving, I guess. Yeah. 
You know, I, did, you, I feel, did you have people you look up to that? I did. I'll tell you what I did in my twenties is I really, I spent a lot of time physically alone, mm-hmm. but I never felt alone. Mm-hmm. I was listening to YouTubers. Mm. So like if I had a rough day or any kind of day, like I'd start my day, I'd wake up before, go to gym. Mm-hmm. It, I said this other day, I was like, dude, if you're going to meet God, he's up before him. Yeah. Cause you can hear your own thoughts. Mm-hmm. You know, no so, distractions, no yeah. distractions. And then you go through physical pain. Mm-hmm. And then so you come off that euphoric, you know, feeling that the the only natural high that I'm truly in love with. You know, yeah. it's like that's the best feeling in the world. Right. Like I don't jog, you mm-hmm. know, like uh, I'm sure you did today. I did today. Fuck. <laughs> uh, I did today. Um, but so I would do that and then I'd, I'd be listening to a book. So mm-hmm. I spent time with authors like Patrick Lencioni. Mm-hmm. He's got a series of books that I really love. Um Ideal team player, death by meeting, mm-hmm. you know, getting naked, which is about vulnerability with the team. You like remove walls, mm-hmm. politics in the business. Mm-hmm. So there's not like tension that you can't see. You just right. knock it out. Right. Um, and then Robert E. Gerber, E-Myth. Mm. And I did E-Myth for 18 months and it really got me obsessed with systems, mm. even to the point where I think I over systematized right. Right. at some point. And so um, it, a lot of growth for me came from over systematizing the business hmm. and forgetting the people part for a little while. Okay. You know? Right. And so I've really kind of found myself evolve into the sweet spot mm-hmm. of both. Like we still close a month out. Right. We still have a project process. Mm-hmm. We're, we're still doing safety, quality production. Right. Have a very tight system for hiring mm-hmm. where we can extract out whether somebody's kind of fibbing about right. how good they are. Right. You know, so things like that. Putting the right people and the right dynamics in place. So you do know? you, and you consider all that not just the bottom line then. So if the system takes care of itself, the bottom line takes care of itself. Yeah. How, how do you weight that? What's, well, where do you see the importance? So there's systems and there's culture. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you can get a good culture and systems, you know, because right. I, I want, you know, what's most important to me in my business when it comes to my people is intention. Because mm. if I got somebody that wants to do a good job, right, more than likely. So you, you ever heard somebody say some of the smartest people in the world make things the simplest? Right. Yeah. So instead of using big words or trying to do this crazy thing, mm-hmm. um, if you take somebody that has pure intention mm-hmm. and, are, and you set them up to be graceful. And what I mean by that is like if they have naturally the right demeanor for the position. Right. So if I have an estimator, I don't need him to be a people person. Mm-hmm. I need him to almost have an engineer's mind. Right. So he's yeah. looking at the details in a different way. He's not going to miss a number. He's not going to not read a little note mm-hmm. on the side. You know this, you, you've read yeah. drawings, right? You miss one little note in a set of drawings. Yeah. And the building's 200,000 square feet. Oh yeah. That one little detail is going to go all the way down that building. Yeah. And that could cost you quite a few man hours. Right. So I want that kind of person in this role mm-hmm. because he's going to be graceful in this role. Right. Whereas if you have, let's say a superintendent, mm-hmm. you want him to have some soft skills. Right. You don't want him yelling MF or from across the slab. Right. Because now you've put that man in the corner. He's got to quit. It's a big part of management is relationships. Right. Yeah. Getting the, getting the most out of people that have to believe in you. You have to believe in them. Yeah. Right. And so putting people at the right seat on the bus mm-hmm. where they're naturally the right seat on the right. bus. And then systems and then culturally just pulling them together, mm-hmm. you know, and say, guys, this is the goal. This is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. And then I incentivize my people, mm-hmm. you know. I wrote my ops manager, which is a woman in construction. Mm-hmm. 
a $30,000 bonus check last week. Really? Yeah. And I was happy to do it. If I yeah. could have made it a golf check, I would have. <laughs> and then, and, and so and I, I'm going to tell you something too. Next year, I think it's going to be bigger. Really? Yeah. 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 Construction is well, going to do all right. I, you know, and that's, I mean, that's another thing that drew me to you is that I'm, uh, I'm, I don't know. I love labor. I love the guys who are actually oh. out there doing the work. You know, I've got an affinity towards fighting for those guys because yeah. that's what I did at my other job as yeah. construction guys. And I felt like management would somehow overvalue themselves. And I'm like, no, these are the guys doing the work. Yeah. And that's what I heard in, in your story also is <laughs> the guy you talked about relationships and the guys and communications. And uh, how do you, I mean, I, I know, where is that affinity from? Because you did it yourself. Absolutely. But then you, I mean, you got to understand the world doesn't run without these guys, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, we could be as good as we want in the office. If they don't turn up at 6am mm -hmm. and get on that roof in the sun, yeah, it doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. If men don't build roads, if what you do to put the water under the roads mm -hmm. isn't done, then people don't have water. Yeah. And I think one thing that we mess up, particularly in society or I think social media causes a lot is we forget the guys that make this world go around. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I, I love soldiers with all my heart. And I think I, I love anybody that stands up for soldiers mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I'm not comparing the two, mm -hmm. but what I am saying is I don't think we appreciate the men that build this country enough. Right. Because without them, we don't have a mall. Right. We don't have a house without a framer. Mm -hmm. We don't have a toilet without a plumber. And I think there a time will come when enough young men check out to drop ship mm -hmm. and do other things where there, there's going to be a YouTuber one day and saying, Hey, the new hack is if you know how to roof. Right. You know, I, you <laughs> made that happen. point earlier it's today, gonna, dude, it's going to happen. Talking about plumbers and about the people doing the work because right. you're right. It's, 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 uh, I don't know. It's a process where ups and downs, things are valued, things are devalued, but man, that skill of labor, and right. making a product that is going to come back. You're right. And it is a skill. Yeah. Let me, t let me just say this. I, when we were talking last night, I was really, you remember I was telling you about my general superintendent. He's yeah. been putting these buildings up since before I've been alive. Right. He's 52 or four He's 52, or something. Yeah. yeah. And, and I called him up because <clears throat> we were talking about him and I was like, man, I haven't called him in a couple of weeks. Mm. So I called him this morning and I, and I, and I gave him an assignment. I said, listen, Go buy yourself a steak. Mm -hmm. Take Johnny, which is the supervisor on the job we're doing in Georgia. Send me a picture of you two eating a steak. You know, because when I think about him and I think about the skills it takes for him to do what he does, when he has to get a 200, 300, 400, 800,000 square foot building, plumb and square. Yeah. That's not a normal skill. Right. It's a dying skill. Right. And if he gets that wrong, when we go to put the roof on, the roof's going to be crooked. Yeah. And that's expensive. Yeah. So he's insurance just as much as he is a guy out there working in the field. Bullshit. Right. He's also training the next generation of guys. Mm -hmm. What I think is tricky for us is, is that because if a young man goes on a date with a girl, let's say, mm -hmm. I've had it happen to me. Yeah. What do you do? Oh, well, I, I do metal buildings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's going to be like, I'm not with a tech guy last night. What? Yeah. Metal buildings? What are you, right. a scrub? Right. You know? But they don't, I mean, you can be country balling too. You yeah. Know? But yeah. Um, I think that it's harder for a young man today to take pride in working with his hands hmm. 
because he gets on Facebook and he feels like he's lost. Right. Because he's not drop shipping from a beach. Mm-hmm. Now, I push the real world. Mm-hmm. And I do think the real world um, is one of the best online schools ever to be assembled. It is the best online school ever to be assembled. If right. you want to work on the internet, the real world is the thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, because the guys that are teaching those classes about mm-hmm. how to drop ship or do FBA right. or copyright or whatever, they actually have businesses where they they are literally millionaires from that business, right? which makes them automatically 10x better than college. Mm-hmm. So if you want to take that route, if you, if you have an affinity for those things, I think right. it's good. But I think if a young man likes to work with his hands yeah. and he doesn't want to drop ship or copyright, mm-hmm. we somehow need to figure out a way to make that respectable in mm-hmm. society right so he can get the positive feedback he deserves yeah so for me to come on a podcast and say it yeah is not a problem right not a problem because i've packed sheet i've put roof on it's hot it's dude it is physically and mentally right tough so i respect i respect the guys that build the country and and i'll never come off of that yeah me neither i mean there's a jordan peterson has a clip where he's talking about the guys who are breaking their backs to keep this country afloat yeah. or lit up the electricians the linemen the construction workers and yeah, I mean, I love it because I do feel like those guys don't get the respect they deserve and they, they do bust their ass every day. It's hard. And, and you know, I know it must be tough. You come home from work, you know, you're trying to pay the bills. You see, you, you go online like everybody does and they see all these people with money and that must be like, man, what am I doing wrong? And that's why I was, I was interested in, in your story, how you went from like just a guy getting by paying the bills to now you mentioned Dubai. Yeah. And I mean, it looks like it's like everybody's dream as far as money goes, Yeah, you know? And it's just like, it feels like if you did it, yeah. couldn't others do it, right? I mean, if you have that hunger, you have that the passion that you mentioned. And then also what I've picked up from you is uh, you're always learning. So you mentioned the books you listen to. You mentioned many authors, yeah, which yeah. Uh, I think that's key because I don't think a lot of people read books like they could and, and learn from, you know, the, the experts in the field. But I also have picked up something else from you. If, you know, I'm, you, you talk about Dubai and you talk about property you've invested in and buying, and it seems like you're diversified in where that money's coming in. I've heard like you talk about four or five different things that's making you money. Yeah. Some of it is you said $500 an hour and then some of it is millions of dollars investments, right. but it's all coming. It's all positive. It's all right. coming in. So is that a intentional multiple money streams or, or how do you see income? Yeah. So I, I think Grant Cardone says this, I say this a lot, but the formula for wealth is you learn, you get competent, you learn how to make money. Mm-hmm. And then you have to protect the money mm-hmm. from a tax perspective. Right. And then you make it grow. So mm-hmm. for me, my goal was always to get to real estate through construction. It was always the goal. Always real estate. It was always real okay. estate. But if you really study real estate, mm-hmm. and everybody has their own way. So I'm not dissing it. Anybody that, start, that starts off and they buy single family houses or whatever, that's fine. But the property I just bought, I'll give you an example, 3.7 million, 64 units, mm-hmm. you know. Um, we're going to raise the rents, but what I really, really, really want is the depreciation against my active income in the construction mm-hmm. business. Gotcha. Yeah. 
Robert Kiyosaki talks about this a lot. He's like, what you want it to get wealthy is you want good debt. Mm-hmm. Good debt cash flows and depreciates. Okay. Ex- like good debt. Explain that. Yeah. Good debt. So good debt is like my property, let's say mm-hmm. it's around an eight cap. So okay. I'm going to get positive cash flow from it. Mm-hmm. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to hire an engineer to do a cost segregation study and depreciate the property. I see. So Tom Rulewright has a book called Tax-Free Wealth. Mm-hmm. And he, in his goal of the book, in my opinion, is to get people to look at the IRS as a partner, mm. not somebody stealing from them. Right. That's a huge shift. It is a major shift. And, yeah. and the reason it's a major shift is that the government knows they're slow. Mm-hmm. They know the private sector is substantially faster mm-hmm. and will work more efficiently than they will. Right. So instead of them going out and trying to do it themselves, they'll create tax breaks okay. or depreciations. Yeah. You know? So for example, if I buy my if I buy my property and it cash flows mm-hmm. and I depreciate it. Let's say the depreciation goes past the cash flow. Okay. Just for an example. Yeah. So that means all that money I made, I don't pay taxes on. Right. Anything that's left over, mm-hmm. I can put against my active income in my business. Okay. So let's say I'm an S Corp and I yeah. am. Yeah. I take a salary. Mm-hmm. I get to save money because like when you're an employee of your own business, I don't have to might match FICA, Medicaid, so you save right. like 7%, right? Right. But I'm still in a pretty good tax bracket, mm-hmm. right? So all that leftover depreciation- Comes off the top of that. Comes off of that. Yeah. So I get, so let's say that's an extra 20 grand. Mm-hmm. So I pay, so my taxable income is 20 grand less. Mm-hmm. So I want as much debt as I can get so I can depreciate- Right. Against my active income. I see. And that's why guys like Trump don't want to show their taxes. Mm-hmm. Not because he broke any laws, just because right. he's going to piss people off. Because well, he's good at what he does. He's good. He's, he's good he's, with bro, money. He's a goat, bro. He's a man, bro. I love Trump. So <laughs> Did I said you read it. his book? The, uh, the Art of the Deal? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I read it. I'll tell you another thing about Trump I like. Okay. I do this model. Um, his construction management was a woman. Mm. And my ops manager and my team, mm-hmm. all women. Okay. You know, now... Not the guys in the field. Right. But I got like six women in the office. I sent them all to roofing school. Mm-hmm. They know all the parts of the building. Mm-hmm. They they know, uh, like, I literally train them myself. They know the game. Right. You know, they've run screw guns. They get it. Right. And for that reason, when... So they've never... They've, they haven't run a screw, jo- shoot, screw gun for a job. No. But they just know the process. So you I've do that sent so them they know to the school. process. No, they've literally put roof panel on. Okay. Like they literally put panel on and that, that's so they have a better perspective on when they're making decisions from the office and so they can have a conversation. Okay. And so when they see something on a checklist, they're like, Oh, I know what a clip is. Mm-hmm. I know what an MR 24 roof panel is. Okay. I know what Butler is versus American or Newcore. All right. these big metal building manufacturers. I know what a GERD is Perlin. They know the parts of the building. Cause I think that's important because guys are always looking for something to be like, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Did yeah. you hear that? Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. like just not even knowing the lingo, even if you've nailed everything else yeah. because you don't know the, the one lingo yeah. thing that guys talk about, they'll say they'll discount everything that they've said. So I think that's, right. that's smart. Yeah. No, I'm probably in their killers too. And you know, I was telling you about this is like one thing I really want to clear up this year because of the space I'm in and some, you know, and some of the collabs I do is mm-hmm. that like, I don't think women are stupid, bro. Right. Women are very, very powerful mm-hmm. if you put them in, in in the right place. Right, men and women are equal. They're good at different things. Yeah, and what's what, in your business? What's a woman better at? That, why do you have women in those key positions? Cool. So they're very organized. Mm-hmm. I feel like they are quicker to be on board with a mission. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I mean, my guys are, man, they love me. Yeah. You know, like I don't, I don't have, I don't have a lot of beef with my guys. Right. But also I'm big enough where my guys know that if they get fresh with me, I'll just fire them and replace them. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So w- with men, I think it comes down to respect mm-hmm. and like, what can this person do? Mm-hmm. You know? So when I'm like, Hey, listen, Eric, mm-hmm. tie off on the roof, you know, but I don't do that anymore. And the reason why is because why I threaten him mm-hmm. because he's going to want to like, he's going to want to yeah. do this. Right. Yeah, they, they want to lock challenged. horns. Yep. They want to. It's mm-hmm. just natural. I, yeah. I'm not even mad at the guy for it. Right. So why art of war? Why fight the war? Yeah. Noelia, tell Eric to tie off. Mm-hmm. Hey, Eric, tie off. Yes, ma'am. I'll do it for you. Sorry about that. Yeah. Click. Done. Why? Yeah. It, it, it's not the ego right. challenge. Why? I don't, I don't need the boost. Yeah. I know I can fire you, bro. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't want, dude, I love you. I don't want to mm-hmm. fight Like, But he, I'll tell you another thing. Mm-hmm. He might've gotten a fight, a fight with his wife last night. Right. He might have went to the bar with the guys. Mm-hmm. It's hot as hell outside. Right. You don't know what's weighing. I in. don't know what's going on. Like, mm-hmm. I don't. You know. And and so, to me, man, it's 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 way less about ego and more about like, what can we do to get it done? Mm-hmm. How can I set the the formula up and the plays up for it to run smoothly? Putting people in positions to succeed. Yeah. yeah. That's my. I feel like that's not my number one job is to set people up to be graceful. Right. And then yeah. and then love them anyway. Yeah. So, so you mentioned a couple of things that why you think women are, are better in those positions. Um, was there anything else? I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that they're, they're just really good. Okay. I just, you know, yeah. I, I know, I know that, I know that, you know, most of my industry is men and very mm-hmm. clearly they're good. Look at the things that we built in this world. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think for what we're doing and how we do it and how we're set up, mm-hmm. it works for us. If you look at the totem pole, of a project, you have, you know, investor, mm-hmm. you know, pot, and he's tied to investor owner, and then you have architect, and then you have general contractors, and then you have a project manager, mm-hmm. and a site superintendent, and you have subs, and then you have the guys right. that work for the sub, mm-hmm. you know, and we're a subcontractor, so that puts us down here. We're mm-hmm. just, really, we're just good at it, and we're, right. you know, we got a bunch of men, and I we do it. So, mm-hmm. um, for where we are and what we do, no man, they're really, really good. Hmm. And Trump did the same thing. Yeah. And and I'll tell you this, I do call them my Trojan horses because if one of my girls has to really rip somebody's ass, mm-hmm. there's no ego. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you can get a lot more done without ego. Yeah. Definitely. You know? oh, I, I think there's a saying, you know, ego kills. It does, man. <laughs> it I does. Mean, th- that's so. a known thing. And I I do know ego with men. I know how men are. You know, I mean, right. I know how it works. I know yeah. how everybody wants to be the man, yeah. but yeah, that communication can be, can be challenging. I mean, ego can, I mean, ego is enemy and, uh, maybe how you have a setup, maybe that is the best way to go right. and how Trump, I guess Trump, you know, in the art of the deal, he explains it. You know, I, I do have, I mean, obviously there's way more men in the company. Mm-hmm. You know, we have 165 people. I got six women. Right. You know, and there, and there's managers in the field, you know, there's super, there's supervisors. There's how, field does it, how does the structure break up from labor to management, so to speak? So you gotta, you have to have somebody on site competent. Yeah. Right. Because I mean the drawings, mm-hmm. you know, and laying things out and making sure that, you know, we're, we're making proper lift plans and, mm-hmm. and working with the safety and doing JSAs and handling time sheets and pulling the boys out. I mean, look, I don't have many Boy Scouts working for me. Yeah. It's nothing for me to get a call saying, hey, the guy's got 
drunk and they got in a bar fight mm-hmm. and the cops are looking for the trucks and my logo's on the trucks. So, <laughs> I mean, I've had it all happen. I, yeah. I, they bear, they burned down an Airbnb last year. Um, I got a video, um, I guess like six months ago. Yeah. Two of them just fist fighting in the hallway in the hotel. <laughs> God. Like bleeding. Both of them took their shirts off. I'm like, bro, what oh. I'm about to whip both of y'all's ass. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it's just like one of them peed on the others. Look, look stuff happens. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's just the industry. Right. You know? Yeah. No, and I understand. I used to super get stressed out about that. Yeah. But now, man, it's like, man, I've been through it. Right. You know? So, so. well, so of the 165 of the, how, how many, say a hundred workers or what would you say? How many laborers that actually putting up the buildings? You know, I don't know. I was just trying to figure out how, yeah. if management. Well, uh, so we have working for me. We okay. run a six man crew. So whatever, 165. Okay. You know, and then we have a couple extra guys, you know, they'll mm-hmm. go around if they fit, you know, buildings settle. Right. You know, we're talking about how stand and seam roofs yeah. work. You know, it, they, you know, they expand and contract. Yeah. Heat. Well, a lot of times that'll push mastic out mm. that goes in between. So, okay. so when that, that building needs to go through a couple of cycles, sometimes it'll leak or sometimes the guys mess up, mm-hmm. you know, nobody's perfect, but, um, we'll, we'll have guys will go behind and fix gotcha. something, whatever. So however that math works out, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely interesting. It's not boring. So. <laughs> no, I, well, and also you mentioned, um, I, you mentioned how you have women in your company, but you said you wanted to clear that up because of some of the collaborations you have. What, what yeah, it, I just, um, I think that sometimes in, in, in the space that, you know, there's a witch hunt for women. Yeah. Um, and I do know that there's a lot of good women in this world. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of women I very much respect. Yeah. My women being first in line. Right. And I know it's that respect and that care and that communication and that adult relationship where you respect each other mm-hmm. that gets me where I am. And I would never take that away from them. Right. Yeah. Ever. Ever. Yeah. Is know? that is that too, you say that to dispel like everybody gets labeled as toxic and masculine well, and all this? Well, yeah, but you know... Nobody, nobody wants a man to be strong until it's time to right. protect somebody. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I've heard that about cops. You know, everybody wants to defund the police until they actually need somebody with a right. gun. I think that's one of the hardest jobs in the world right now. You want to talk too. about unappreciated? Yeah, you can't even do your job without worrying about, you know, going yeah. to jail. Oh, I know. I, and you want to talk about underpaid? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And, and I'll put teachers in that basket as well. Yeah, I I know we we're putting a lot of responsibility on on teachers and law enforcement, and man, the backlash very much outweighs the benefit a lot of times. So yeah, right. we need. I think that compensation needs to. I I don't know address that. Yeah, absolutely, I couldn't agree with you more. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a tough that those are tough gigs yeah. for sure. Yeah, I want to take a second out to talk about the optics I use for hunting, and that's loophole. Loophold knows that when it comes to performance in the field, trust is earned. For over 100 years, countless hunters and shooters have put their trust in Loophold optics. Whether it's driving rain, freezing temperatures, or dramatic altitude changes, every Loophold optic is guaranteed to stay fog-free and deadly accurate. While other countries warranty failure, Loophold guarantees trusted performance for life. Hunt after hunt, season after season, Year after year, Loophole Optics will never let you down because a company run by hunters and shooters knows that when you are miles from the nearest road and hours from the closest store, failure is not an option. So in your next hunt, 
or during your next competition, let Leupold earn your trust. Visit your local retailer or leupold.com to learn more. Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's knows that everyone has their season. Deer season, turkey season, duck season, every animal a unique challenge. Every hunt an experience. Before your season starts, get into Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's to gear up with all the ammo you'll need. We've restocked and reloaded our entire selection of ammunition. We will not be undersold. We've got the widest selection in the area with the most competitive pricing. Gear up at your ammo headquarters, in-store or online at BassPro.com and Cabela's.com. Um, so I know where you're at now. Where do you see, what's your, what's the future hold? Where, where are your goals now? I mean, you said even when you're early 20s, you want to be a millionaire by 30. So now what? Now you're 37? Yeah, I just turned 37 uh, a couple weeks ago. So um, Still young, by the way. I know. I feel old though. I get what you're saying and I know you're right, but it's hard. Um, so there, I mean, there's monetary goals for the company. Yeah. Um, there's certainly a number of doors we're trying to hit this year, Mm -hmm. you know, at a certain, at a certain return. So we're looking at that purchasing. Yes. That's what you mean. Yeah. So, I mean, like if we're, if we're buying apartments or trailer parks, Mm -hmm. you know, we're looking between eight and a 10 cap. We're trying, we really want to be able to, you know, put that money back into the properties because mm-hmm. we don't, you know, already the interest rates are high. So we need to offset that. Right. And, um, and hopefully 24, 24 goes, you know, the right way mm-hmm. and the interest rates fall or refinance right. and keep buying properties. Uh, I definitely want to buy enough property to offset my income mm-hmm. because we're definitely going to continue to go to the construction company. Right. I want to definitely broaden my influence online mm-hmm. and help young men. I've never done such fulfilling work in my life. Really? If I, well, yeah. Cause if I build a building yeah, and there's no issues, nobody calls me and says, good job, mm-hmm. but there's nothing like getting a hundred messages a day saying, Hey man, you're changing my life. Keep doing God's work. Right. 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 And, um, and I think it's definitely something worth working on mm-hmm. is I don't have a problem working for the young men. Right. That means everything to me. I had my struggles. I still have my struggles. Mm-hmm. We were talking about that earlier. I'm not perfect. Mm-hmm. There's things that are on my mind all the time. You need to get better at this. Mm-hmm. You need to get through. That voice never goes away. Right. You know, and I want to be the first one to say that. So, you know? and, and that's because you didn't have anybody to ask those questions or when you were that age. So you're trying to be that for somebody like you is, or what's the calling? I, I don't know if it's from some lack that I have. Mm-hmm. It's just that I feel like if I can be helpful, mm-hmm. truly helpful, mm-hmm. make a difference, hat in hand, mm-hmm. I think everybody wants to do something great and something bigger than themselves. I don't right. think it's, you know, and like I told you, I do the shit for me. Mm-hmm. I already make money. Right. I just want to do something that makes me feel like a good person. and I know I'm helping people. Right. And I think that's very human. I think most people are good people. It's not the bad person I worry about. Mm-hmm. It's the desperate person I worry about. Yeah, that. Yeah, I would agree with that. Ha, have you had somebody who you've helped over the years that now is just balling? I, dude, I've done it in quite a few things. I'm actually helping this guy right now. He's starting a construction business, and mm-hmm. my financial advisor, my guy Edward Jones. Yeah, he was like, "Hey, call this guy." He's trying. So I've been talking to him a lot. I've helped people with their fitness a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, not as a trainer, you know. 
Yeah. But I feel like the best way to do it is the way I'm doing it now on the macro. Hmm. Because when I do those AMAs, man, I get questions and I feel like I'm able to answer them honestly and, and help those guys out. And I'm not... He, the kid that asked me the question is not the only one with the question. Right. Yeah. He's you know? just the one saying it. He's just the one saying it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, in a lot of ways, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm really helping a lot of people. It makes me feel good, man. Yeah. It does. So it's not so much, you know, financial being a millionaire, but it's just making a positive difference in their life, whether it's fitness, mindset, yeah. Yeah. money. Um, yeah. So, the, so the one guy who you said, I asked if, you know, you've helped somebody turn into a baller. The guy who you said, your uh, ed- guy at Edward Jones wanted you to call. Mm-hmm. So he's killing he's, it. He's just getting started, but I will tell you this. Okay. The guy that does my YouTube. Yeah. I give him a pretty decent cut of how, mm-hmm. we, how we do everything. Yeah. And he travels the world with me. He goes everywhere. He sees every construction meeting. He sees everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm really, really proud of him because he's like, He's young. Yeah. He's 21. Okay. He's wow. He's sitting on like 75K. Man. And I'm like, you're about to push that in a mobile home park deal. Oh. You know what I'm saying? That so, is awesome. Like, I mean, at that age to be able bro, to invest. It's, it's ridiculous. And the stuff he gets to see. So far ahead of the... Right. Yeah. He's, you, he gets to see it all. You've exposed him to a whole... You pulled the curtain back, basically, is what yeah, it is, it's right? really cool. Yeah. yeah. So he... Uh, man, he's been on private jets. He's been to Dubai multiple times. He's been all over Europe with me. He, When I go home, he lives in my house. Mm. Feed him. It's like that's, my son. That's pretty <laughs> unique like my son, for, man. for a 21-year-old. Yeah, it's really cool, and it's really fulfilling for me. I love him to death, man. He works really hard. I'm trying to think. When I was 21, I worked at this warehouse we drove by because you looked at the concrete wall. Yeah. I worked there for $4.72 an hour. Shut up. <laughs> so, so I was not on a private jet in Dubai. I know no, that. Man, <laughs> I tell you, I, when I was, I was just going to football practice and, yeah. and trying to pass you know, class. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, so so your goal is just to continue to to grow all facets of your business, including the the coaching, um, yeah. and then uh, that property in Dubai. Or I mean, are you buying property in Dubai? Or where? Uh, where yeah, was that? so I bought a seven bedroom villa in Dubai, and it's really Andrew and Tristan Tate's fault. Really, mm-hmm. we're sitting there, they're joking around. They're like, "Well, you should buy. We could be neighbors, and we could wave at each other." <laughs> And uh, it just, a, a joke turned into like, okay, let's mm. do it. How'd so, you come in contact with, I mean, how'd that friendship form? So I joined the War Room mm. and that's Andrew's group. There's a lot of groups of men, mm-hmm. you know, and for me, I've done Vistage. I've seen a million of them and you're, you're like wondering, is this legit? Is this guy just trying yeah. to get my money? Is he going to help me? So yeah. the War Room must be proven. At, bro, it was one of the best things I ever did. And I've joined mm-hmm. a bunch of these groups and, and okay. gone through the motions and, and I still do groups like this because I feel like you meet group people. Like I'm in Tony Robbins business platinum group. Mm. And it's one of those high paying groups where you hang out with Tony and, and like they bring in people like Ray Dalio to teach mm-hmm. you about money. Cause I'm always, I'm trying to, I'm trying to grab consciousness. Yeah. But I'll never like Andrew takes one of the most wonderful human beings I've ever met in my life. Mm. I hate everything that's going on. Like love him with all my heart. Yeah. Like I'll die on that mountain with you, bro. Yeah. Let's get on that hill. Where's the sword? Why is he's why is the the enemy of the state so to speak? I mean, I, what's it? He's, he's going got on? the hearts of young men. Mm-hmm. He's got the hearts of young men, and that's a threat. Yeah. Absolutely, mm-hmm. and in the real world, I post three to five stories every day of some kid that's not even out of freaking high school yet making three, four grand, mm-hmm. five grand, six grand, ten grand, sometimes twenty grand in a month. Yeah, you know, the real world is legit because, mm-hmm. like I said before, the difference 
between going to college mm-hmm. and joining the real world is the guy that's teaching you in the real world mm-hmm. is actually making a bunch of money doing right. it right now. And he's saying, hey, if you if you go on Twitter and say this, this, and this, and you write your copy like this, it's going to convert to a sale. Right. And these kids are hungry. Right. Because you know the difference, I think, between kids now and like when I was a kid? Mm-hmm. I didn't have social media. Right. So your world was small. Was small. Yeah. I think that young men particularly are more entrepreneurial than they've ever been. Right. And they took all the heroes away from the kids. Mm-hmm. There's no Rambo. There's no G.I. Joes. So what do you have? You got, you got. Top G. Top G, bro. <laughs> Get some, bro. Tristan Tate. Yeah. Andrew Tate. You know, obviously yeah. I spent a lot of time with them. Yeah. Myron Gaines, Sterling Cooper, all of them, man. Mm-hmm. Brandon Carter, man, these are good dudes. They're solid guys. Mm-hmm. And and they speak the truth and they say some things that people don't like. Right. And look, people might not like it, but it doesn't mean it's not true. Right. You know, and a lot of times that's how it happens. Yeah. And you it's know? definitely resonating with young men. I Absolutely. mean, I see the audio and it's like, it's hard not to like jump on board. You like hear somebody yeah. say with that much passion and conviction and it sounds good. And you're yeah. just like, God dang. He's I'm, one of the most passionate men you'll ever meet. I'm ready to run through a wall for this yeah, guy. Dude. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. but it's hard because there's those people who have that natural leadership or that yeah. something about them, that it factor. Yeah. He's, and, a, he's a fucking hero, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and he's going through adversity, but I believe that any man that achieves anything in this world will go through fire mm-hmm. and he's just going through his yeah you know trump What's, went through his they tried to go after joe right yeah um, bro anybody at the top bro, they're, they're coming joe's goat bro <laughs> you know what, what are you gonna do yeah joe's he's in i mean yeah. be, i think be, the reason why he's i don't want to say untouchable or uncancelable but people have listened to him so much for hours a day, they know they can't, they're not going to buy the BS because they know Joe, because you can't fake it for hours every day. If you don't like Joe Rogan, you don't believe in Jesus, bro, straight (laughs) up. So I don't like whatever. Yeah. And and people are tired of that shit. Right. You know? Yeah. And I, I, I think, yeah. I mean, so he's, they feel like they know him. I don't think people know Andrew Tate or Tristan Tate as well as that because they haven't been exposed to it. They see yeah. the they see the hot takes yeah. and they're either super offended or motivated and like nothing in between. Well, to Andrew's credit, man, you know, I always say the best side of Andrew is a side the world never sees. Mm-hmm. And I do believe that's true. But I also think he's a genius in regards to like he's he's got it all. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's got he's got the showmanship. He he's really good at trolling people. Yeah. You know, he knows what he's doing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, Joe's not like, Joe's not ever going to go where Andrew will go. But, um, I, I believe with all my, look, if he, if he's guilty of anything, not Mm -hmm. only am I blind, I'm a fool. Cause I've been around him way too much. He's done way too, too much positive for young men. These kids are making money. They're working out. Mm -hmm. They're working on, you know, their personal skills. They're working on finances. They're understanding economies better. Their geopolitics wasn't on my radar until I joined the war room. So Mm -hmm. um, between that and the real world, he's doing way more good for the world than most anybody else. Yeah, for sure. Well, you say you've seen the best side of him. What what is that? What's the best side of Andrew? He's kind. Mm -hmm. He's respectful. Staff comes in. He tells them, thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, he does things for people. He helps little kids. You know, he, he, I was with him in Dubai and we were at our buddy Jules house. Mm-hmm. You know, this guy's a baller. 
you know, his son comes, his son wants to learn how to box. Andrew sits there and takes time to teach the kid how to box, mm-hmm. you know? He takes, you can't, we can't go anywhere without him having to take 400 pictures, but he does it. Right. He does it with a smile on his face, man. He didn't have to do that shit. Yeah. You yeah. know, he's just a good person. And so is Tristan. Yeah. Tristan's very underrated in, in regards to, you know, a lot of people that are online mm-hmm. because Andrew's there. Right. You know, but they're a team, man. And he has his, he has his place in the support of Andrew. And I can't emphasize enough how much I love them boys. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, I mean, not coming I, off of it, I think. And I think people could, I mean, if they're going to criticize Andrew or Tristan, especially Andrew, because he's so vocal, yeah. and then they see you, they're going to lump yeah. you in with that. And and right, wrong, or indifferent, fair, life isn't fair. Yeah. But all I know is from what I've seen today, your effort. And then not only that, but also you were in doing the dishes after we ate lunch. So it's like oh, yeah. people... <laughs> People, it's yeah. really easy to lump these like, oh, he's toxic. He says this, he does that. And I'm like, I don't know. I've seen firsthand how yeah. you are. So if you're going to discount this guy because he knows this guy, it's not really how the world works or no, how it should work. Man. And dude, if you like me, you, you'd like Andrew. Yeah. And I have zero doubt. I have zero doubt mm-hmm. about anything that I say about supporting him in any way. Yeah. I have, I have so little doubt that I'm willing to say it publicly so burn me with them. Yeah. You know, I don't give a fuck. Burn me with them. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because, so, I mean, look, when I say hundreds of messages a day, I can't imagine how many he gets. Oh, yeah. I can't well, imagine. I mean, your vote of confidence, because you know him, means something. I mean, right. it's not just like the people who want to cancel him because they're offended by something or they, <clears throat> for, they're threatened or their movement, yeah. the whatever, the feminine movement is, you know, he's the anti so I, yeah. I don't know. I think what you say, you know him, you spent time with him. I know the type of person you are yeah. means a lot. I challenge somebody to find somebody to spend any kind of time with him, say they don't like him. Right. Well, that, yeah. that'd be a good test. Unfortunately, that's not how it works. People make these judgments online based on a clip. You yeah. know what I mean? And they're ready to throw the baby out with the bathwater. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It'd be nice if everybody could spend time with people they don't understand. I yeah. mean, <laughs> I've, I've got plenty of hate too that I've read and I've been like, Hmm, well, nobody yeah. who's actually hunted with me has ever said this, but right. whatever, what are you going to yeah, do? We all get it, man. It's part of it. You know, I've really I've gotten comfortable in that. That was my biggest insecurity starting getting hate. Yeah. Well, and it wasn't from hate from strangers. It was like from the people back home. Yeah. It was from the people on my Facebook. That, that hurts a little more. Yeah. Cause you, you <laughs> care. Hometown hate. You care, bro. You really, yeah. I, well, I did, you know, and now I don't. And I think I overcorrected in my mm. first year. Hmm. You know, I, I was a little bit hot Yeah, coming in, um, kind of like I was going to dunk on them. Right. You know, and yeah. I think I, but I think I had to though. I think it was growth for me mm. because if I didn't full send it, like, like screw you. Yeah. I wouldn't have said it at all. Yeah. And I think, you know, it, it, I know me coming up, been a long grind yeah. and it's like, you can never really, everybody makes mistakes. And, you know, when I was young, I wasn't, I was an idiot. I was not smart. I wasn't yeah. not making, I was never thinking about the future. I was thinking about that night and if I was going to get a buzz that night, yeah. and, you know, what girls I might see at the rock pit or at the fire or something. And so it was like, my, you know, obviously I'm not going to be the very best version of myself. And I feel like sometimes the hometown, you outgrow that, but that still lingers, you know, you know, that those people's know, know you and all the screw ups you've made. And so yeah, I'm, but I'm doing good over here. And it's like, it's tough. Or you've changed and, and they can't accept that you've changed, especially, 
if you're trying to go out there and saying that you've changed into something better or positive. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And especially then also then that comparison kind of reflects on them. Yeah. Because if you're killing it, they're not. They're like, okay, well, I'm going to take a little of his shine because he was a fuck up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot to it, man. You, you got to kill him with love, bro. <laughs> you know, you're taking their energy anyway. So, I mean, I know that I, I do, I will say this though. I had a long conversation with two of my friends from high school. They're mm -hmm. married. And they had a lot of questions about like what I say about the male and female dynamic. Mm -hmm. And I just, I, I'm so grateful that we had the conversation because just because I'm not going to be traditional, if you will, it does not mean that I don't believe in marriage. Mm -hmm. And I certainly believe in love and I certainly believe in family. Mm -hmm. And I'm really glad I was able to have that conversation with them because at the end of it, they realized that it wasn't that I think that they're living their life wrong. Mm -hmm. It's just that I'm going to live my life one way. And oh, by the way, if something works for you, mm -hmm. then I love that for you. I'm not judging that. And so another thing after, so, after year one that I'm going to clear up, you know? <laughs> okay. So you had a hot couple hot takes on marriage. That yeah. And a couple hot takes on a couple things, man. You know, I would say <laughs> there was about five times that I can recall where, you know, either in the moment or whatever, you know, it's not that I particularly disagree with what I said, mm -hmm. it was how I said it. Right. I want to be graceful and mm -hmm. classy mm -hmm. and I want to be a gentleman. And I think when you live in an attention economy mm -hmm. in this particular space, you know, it got away from me a couple of times. Right. Doesn't mean I don't feel how I feel. Mm -hmm. It's just, I want to make sure I'm sending the right message to the young man watching it. Right. You know, and, uh, you know, me and Jenna Diet talked about this when it comes to, you know, being a parent. What do I want? Yeah. Well, what I really want is to give my kids the truth of the world give them the competencies to act on those things mm -hmm. so they can create choice. Mm -hmm. If you have choice in your life and you choose to make a decision and it works for you, I'm not ever going to say that's wrong. Right. I could have, I said this to her, I said, I could have a little boy. He could be gay. I would still love him. Yeah. What I don't want for him is to be in a situation with a partner where he does not have choice mm -hmm. or at a job where he does not have choice. Mm -hmm. If I have giving them the truth about how the world works mm -hmm. and then giving them the competencies to do something about it, whatever they choose to do, I'm fine with, I love you anyway. Right. Okay. I'm never going to stop loving you. Mm -hmm. And I feel the same way about my friends. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if that's their truth and that's their world and that's their choice yeah. and they're not hurting me or anybody else and I'm cool with it. Right. You know? Yeah. Well, I, I think that's, some, I think it is important to clarify your stance because yeah. when you say so, so much, good things and then people can take something maybe out of context or maybe not a well-developed thought and use that to discount everything else yeah that's not good so yeah. i i like that you're reframing maybe um maybe explaining your intention more because sure. then it, it it doesn't discount everything else absolutely and I, I i think that's a part of developing too you need to be able to step outside yourself and say okay well where can i get better here what can i do yeah what, or in my or in this particular case what can i clear up mm-hmm for a kid that's in love and wants to get married. Maybe, maybe he's very religious. Yeah. Maybe that's the path. He, maybe he saw it work with his parents and he wants nothing more. Mm -hmm. Dude, do it. Yeah. You know, it's I mean? great. I'd watch out for this, this, and this. Yeah. You know, here's the truth. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. um, 
here's your risk. And here's what I would do about that risk. But outside of that, if that's what yeah. you want to do, man, you know, because you know how it is. You can't tell a young man anything that he don't want to hear any damn way. Right. Yeah. So why am I going to tell him he's wrong? Yeah. He's got to make that decision for himself. Yep. You know? Yeah. So. No, that's a, I think that's a good take for sure. Um, one thing that you did, it caught my attention earlier also was that text you had, I think it was regarding hate. What was that? The hate of the day or the... Oh, yeah. So um, one thing I do to kind of ground myself, mm -hmm. because I get a lot of positive, you know, you do so good. Thank you so much. Blah, blah, blah. We have what's called a list of hate. Okay. And it's a group text where I pay a guy to go through my comments. Yeah. And screenshot to me and my YouTube manager anything negative said to me. Yeah. And the reason I do that is so I can reflect on what they said. Mm hmm. So I can check myself to see if I feel like there's any truth in it. Right. And if there is any truth in it, then I know I can calibrate. But I just want to keep myself in reality. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's something that that's really healthy for me. Yeah. You know, because I get all this positive feedback. Mm -hmm. But if one in a hundred are, you're, you're an absolute dickhead and asshole. I want to know. Yeah. And I really want to dig into why he might've said that, or she might've said that. Yeah. And see if there's any truth. And a lot of times there's not, Yeah, you know, but sometimes if I'm looking a lot of the times, funny enough, I'm the one that, that catches it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and I'm sitting here talking like it happens a lot. It really yeah. doesn't. Has, has there been one that you remember that you're like, Hey, maybe I could do better on. Nothing off the top of my it's a lot of avatars, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Yeah. But what if there is one that comes? Yeah. And what if I can get better? Mm -hmm. And what if my getting better changes a message that helps a young man? Yeah, down the road. Right? Yeah. So I'm, I don't think I'll ever stop doing that. That's one business system that doesn't make money, but I think is the most healthy system we have. Yeah. You know? I, I noticed the hate on my page too, and I've been, I've had to check myself because I've been quick to like, go back hard and like, uh, bro, that's, just, that's too much energy. I know. And just, you know, be it, if it's a stupid question and I'm a dick, who wins? Now I don't win. I mean, I, mean, I was a dick to somebody probably made them feel stupid. Is that a win? That's not really a win. So I I, I've, so. I've pretty much not even, sometimes I'll pin the hate because I just want everybody to see, yeah, yeah you know, you know, I'm noticing this and it's all good and I'll pin it. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm always rethinking on, I like that. When I saw that text, yeah. I like that idea, but yeah. because it, I think it is important to reflect and just to make sure, Hey, did I miss something here? Am I getting, right. I mean, nobody wants to get too full of themselves. I think usually the hard work keeps that in check for me. Yeah. Um, and all the failures keep that in check, right. but still it's nice to have that. I thought that was a good idea. Yeah. I really like that system we have. I, it, it's very helpful to me. Yeah. Yeah. And also it kind of dumbs down any fear hmm. I, I would have used to have had around somebody saying something, you know? Yeah. Oh, I, know? yeah, I understand that. So I think it's probably one of the most healthy things that I have in my, in my online business. Well, I know starting off, you know, you're, when you're working so hard and you think you're doing so good and you're not yeah. trying to offend anybody, you're trying to give your, put your best work out there. And then somebody who knows what they're going through right. has, and you got one hateful thing that says something that judges yep. you or takes a shot at you. It's almost like when it's early on and you haven't got a lot of it, it makes you want to just, I don't want to do this anymore. 
that I don't like feeling like this. Yeah. I'm just going <laughs> to keep to myself yeah. and not have to deal with this. And so there is that time. Of course, now it's easy. You know, when you get a hundred and one of them's negative, it's easy to ignore the one. But there was a time I remember when, when the hate actually hurt. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. It was like, what, was it, was I'm, it from I'm doing somebody my you best. knew or was it somebody? Uh, no, it would just have to be, I remember, so this was about God, 20 years ago. I used to, I was editor of this bow hunting magazine and how it worked was I would write articles and I loved writing adventure articles. Yeah. So those are generally long articles, sometimes seven pages on the magazine. Damn. And then because advertisers knew I was the editor and it was kind of this, we were a new magazine. They say, well, we're out, we'll, we will advertise, but we want cam in our advertisement. So turns out I was on seven and a half pages of the magazine. Then I was on three or four ads in the magazine. Yeah. And then there's people, you know, because bow hunting and hunting is, you know, it's a male dominated sport. Yeah. Males have egos. I get it. They would see pictures of me and they'd be like, fuck this guy. I'm, I want to kill a good animal and I want to make in the magazine, right. but he's on every damn page is, is kind of how their perception was. So this guy wrote this article or wrote this letter into the magazine and said, if I see another picture of Cameron Haynes, I'm going to puke. Yeah. <laughs> 20 years ago. Yeah. I, they sent me the letter and I remember sitting there. It, it was, I think, Jeremy from Utah. And I remember that. And that, I mean, I was busting my ass because I was doing the editing after my regular job and like up all night and do my best. I'm like, oh, these advertisers believe in me and this is amazing. And then it's like, you know, shit like that hurts early on, yeah. you know? So yeah, I mean, stuff stands out. What do you think Jeremy was going through though? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, hunting is hard. So most, most people fail hunting. So I get it. And killing something big in something that's so hard to do already and then getting pictures high enough quality to make a magazine mm -hmm. you're you know if you say killing a, a bull elk 10 percent of the guys succeed maybe one percent of those or less than one kill a big bull then maybe less than that percent of that one percent take good pictures good gotcha. enough for a magazine so you already have to buck so many odds to make yeah. it most people don't make it and it's not going to happen so i understand that there is there's jealousy and there's ego involved and that's kind of what happens. But when you're the guy busting your ass, all you, you take that personal, you know, in that particular situation, the first thing that comes to mind for me is that they're going to want to say that you're going on guided hunts or, yeah. or you're paying, you know, mm -hmm. you're shooting them in a pen or, or whatever yeah. it is. And, you know, I wrote something in the war room the other day. I, I told the guys, I, I said, you know, everybody was doing their end of year, what we call tales of victory and um and i was talking about my real estate stuff but one of the last things i left him with i said gentlemen like just remember to stay in bounds while you're crushing it a lot of people are going to think you're cheating mm -hmm. but what's really going to burn them is when they find out they're getting outclassed yeah yeah and, and i think that's really true mm -hmm. because people want to think that you're cheating sometimes especially if they're hurting mm -hmm. because a lot of those people are doing their best right you know, and that's painful for them. And they're living through that and they're angry. The dude wasn't angry at you. Yeah. He was upset with the situation. Right. Yeah. You know, where he was and yeah. maybe what happened that day. Who knows? Right. And maybe he's a good hunter. Yeah. But he didn't, but he didn't have that it factor that you had mm -hmm. or he didn't have the drive to write mm -hmm. and then catch that good photo. Right. You know, and, and for that reason, a lot of times I feel like that's when people get attacked. Yeah. 
And it's you like, know? even me reading it, I wouldn't be that introspective as you just were on yeah. trying to figure, all you're saying is, fuck this guy. Yeah. <laughs> that hurts. Well, I don't want to do this anymore. Also easy for me to say when I didn't get the letter. It's always yeah. easy when you're stepping, uh, when you're not sitting in it. Yeah. Right? And at that time, I will say, so you, yeah, people and men, many people have said, oh, you hunt private ranch. You hunt the best place. I mean, you mentioned Penn. I've never hunted, hunted in a yeah. high fence. But I, I've heard people talk about, not about you, but like that's oh, what for people sure say. Me. For sure me. But yeah. 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 And it's that they will say that. At that time, I will say, all I hunted was public land. I hunted, yeah. and actually, Oregon is about Same. the worst elk hunting state. Oh, you know that burn, in all of them. You know right. that burn, Jeremy. Right, Take that Jeremy. <laughs> so it's like first you had I, Utah is so much better than Oregon as yeah. far as hunting. So I had to overcome a shitty state, terrible elk hunting, yeah. and still kill. I mean, there's that's yeah. my first six by six bull right there, and it's a pretty damn good bull. And that took a lot of damn work. Anybody could have done a public land, yeah. um, over the counter tag. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's, but that's when it hurts the most because you're like, holy shit, do you yeah. know how much the sacrifices I made to do this? But that's just the way it goes. You put your heart in it, man. Yeah. So now, yeah. now it's easier to, to ignore because, right. Hey, yeah, I get it. Now I have more perspective on it. I'm like, right. I understand. I actually, I was somebody like that. You know, when I was coming to bow hunting, it took me eight years to kill a big bull there was this guy in town who was killing big bulls every year. And I think for like 12 or 13 years straight, killed a six by six bull or bigger here in Oregon. I'm hunting Oregon. So I can't say this is a worse state or whatever. He was hunting the same state I did. He was killing big bulls every year. I couldn't kill one. He'd killed 12 or 13. And I'm like, oh my God, yeah. I hate this fucking guy. Yeah. I hate the, this guy. And there's no way. Yeah. And it's like, it drove me crazy. So I was the, I was that guy. I know how it works. Yeah. I know how men operate. You know what I find though is that once you develop, people develop that they're okay seeing other people win. Yeah. Oh, I mean, Rogan was the number one guy who taught me that. Yeah. He and I have that in my book where he said because I explained to him, you know, how I see it, and I'm against everybody, and you know, I want to win. He's like, he goes, dude, there's enough cake for everyone. Yeah. There's enough cake for everyone. You don't, yeah. just because you're getting cake doesn't mean he can't have cake. Absolutely. And so that, he was the one who taught me that, you know, probably in 2014, which is, I was way down the road of life yeah. to just learn that. But yeah. But that's how it happens. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I'll say this that earlier today, when you were talking about Joe's success, mm -hmm. your face was lit up. Oh, yeah. That, so obviously there's been growth since then. Yeah. No, you know? I, I'm very... <laughs> you know, I'm happy for him just because I've seen, just saw you've seen Andrew Tate, yeah. you know, the true Andrew I've yeah. seen Joe and I've seen how generous he is, how supportive he is. And I've told him, I said, I wish I believed in myself as much as you believe in me. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the yeah. type of person he is. So when, when I know he signs this big deal or he gets all the shine, I'm like, yes, yeah. it feels, it feels good to me. It's wonderful. Yeah. And, and you know what? That's a very pure feeling. Cause I love watching Andrew win. Yeah. I well, fucking love it, dude. Well, I, I love bet. It. I bet because you, you know him. You know what you know what decisions he makes and how, how hard he works. works. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I think that's true friendship. Mm -hmm. And but I also say think it says something about even me, and I'm not trying to brag, but I do think that a lot of times it's substantially easier to be happy for a person when you've done well yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, just like you've clearly done well in 
you're clearly happy for Joe. It's mm-hmm. just, I do think it's easier to be graceful, you know, or of in, course, in those yeah. moments. I mean, just to give credit to the people that are still going through that, you know, that, that climb. But yeah, man, I, I love seeing him win and I like seeing you get happy about Joe winning. So <laughs> oh, it's a good thing, man. Yeah. It's, well, he's, he's a big part of why I'm doing this right now. <clears throat> You know, and I think, and you, you did mention that in regard to me starting this, the podcast and having Joe in my corner is like having yeah. an, an ace in your hand, right? A race in the hole. Yeah. Um, so I, I wanted to turn that around and relay that into, I asked you about this, but it's like, yeah, of course I do have with Joe support It's hard for this to fail, you know? Yeah. And, but does everybody have an ace in the hole because of something they they know or have access to or can they turn something even if it's a little win into a big win in their life do you think everybody has access to something that they're not really cognizant of i don't know if they have it at at your scale Mm -hmm. but i think that if somebody works hard long enough everybody gets dealt a hand in life Mm -hmm. i think it's very important to sit back look at the hand you're dealt Mm -hmm. really identify which one of those things can get you to the highest vertical Mm -hmm. And then you have to make the decision to do it and over enough time and enough pressing. And I think networking is important. I think every person has the opportunity to put themselves in a great place. Right. If you were to look at all the people that are famous in the world, mm-hmm. uh, I think that you would find at the end of the day, if you spent any kind of time with them, you would realize they were normal people that worked really, really hard. Mm-hmm. And they might've had a gift here or there. And I, I look at like super, super great, like, LeBron James, mm-hmm. he was blessed by the gods. Yeah. Right. But he still had to work hard. Yeah. But take somebody else in the league, the guy that's sitting on the bench that somehow got to the league just because mm-hmm. he really worked hard. I tell you, uh, there's a guy named, he's from Baton Rouge, his name Collis Temple. Mm-hmm. He, he was never going to be a superstar, but he's been in the league for years just because he's a damn good man, hmm. you know? And he's a great teammate and he's a good hard. leader and he works hard. Yeah. And he learns offense. He's in a professional. He doesn't have the gifts that LeBron has. Right. But he could also be working some nonsense job instead of playing for them in the NBA. You know? Yeah. So, I think I think with Le, with LeBron specifically being 6'8, 260, obviously that's a no-brainer. But he wasn't always 2'8 or 6'8, no. 260. He was yeah. a young boy who was obsessed with basketball right. and worked on those skills yeah. incessantly. Yeah. And then grew into that guy. Yeah. yeah. You know, but the the passion was there first. Right. And then and then at the same time too, like like Look how long he's been doing it. Yeah, 20 years, over 20 years now. Yeah. In the league. And and my opinion is that NBA basketball players are the best athletes in the world. Yeah. You know, I would never take anything away from Brady, mm-hmm. but I think it's more impressive that LeBron's done it so long. Oh, you got to be explosive. You know? Yeah. I mean, Brady's not explosive. Brady's doing it with his brain. Yeah, never was explosive, no. but LeBron's, exp- <clears throat> you know, these kids that come in. Yeah, bro, it's retarded. And he's still battling. I mean, it's impressive. I mean, I, you know, it's, everybody can, can take shots at different political stances and different things. And because we've come up differently and believe different things, but you cannot take away from what he's done on the court. Yeah. I mean, I'm, look, my vote is still MJ. Oh yeah, me too. But I think that's also a generation thing. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you know what, after watching the last dance, you know, I always love Michael Jordan, right? Mm -hmm. But I fell in love with Michael Jordan as a man. Yeah. He, what, his winning mindset or what? 
how he carried himself. Okay. He was nice to the staff. He was yeah. good. He seemed to be a good teammate. He took it. He took it very professionally. Mm-hmm. And I just liked the way he moved. I, you know? I just liked that he was obsessed with winning. Yeah. And he made you up. Know? So it's either you were obsessed like he was or you were gone. But that's like the shit we knew. Yeah. Right? We knew that about him. Right. right. Yeah. So to see him move and interact in the small things, just mm-hmm. like casual conversations, you know, with like playing dice with his guys, you know, before the game and stuff like that. I just love that about him, man. I one thing that struck me the most in that series was when he got emotional talking about how much he wanted to win, and he's like, "And if you didn't feel that way, you know, what go?" But he, but to me, that just—I mean, he's been retired now for I don't know how long, but he still was so connected and invested in that mindset that he still was getting choked up, and it's like that fucker wants to win more than anything. Yeah. I mean, so yeah. if you're around somebody like that, so you mentioned something when I said, is everybody dealt a hand in a, they got an ace in the hole, they yeah. can play. I think a big part of nowadays with this online societies, like the war room mm-hmm. before it was, if you weren't like, if I came from this little small town, I, I grew up in, right. if somebody around there wasn't, didn't have a winning mindset and like set these big goals, I was, how would I, you know, because that's all I knew now, anybody small town can join the war room, yep. interact with somebody like you, Andrew Tate, Tristan yep. Tate. And so you're, they say that, you know, the people you surround yourself with are going to dictate your future. Right. I mean, the most successful people in the world, as far as making money goes, and you can interact with them. That's huge, isn't it? The world's smaller than it's ever been, man. Yeah. You know, and, and, the, and here's the crazy thing too. I got something for you on the list of hate. Okay. To answer your question. <laughs> I there, knew something would come up. There was, and I think it's very important. Um, this guy made this comment and he said, uh, he said something, I was giving business advice on something. And he said, <clears throat> he said something along the lines that you think you're this or that, mm-hmm. but you're not Elon or um, you're not uh, Bezos. And I, I immediately thought to myself, I need to make a video about this mm-hmm. because he's absolutely right. I'm not. And the point that I would make is that those guys are such outliers mm-hmm. that the point I'm really trying to make is that if, if they're the stars shooting and landing on the moon will mm-hmm. change your, like the gap in happiness between me and those two men, I, I would suspect is very small. Right. The money gap is huge, mm-hmm. but any young man that wants to better his life, he mm-hmm. can. And if he can get from where he is to even just under me, mm-hmm. his happiness level, and right. his freedom and his ability to come meet <clears throat> and do stuff with a guy like you or be able to go fly over the world and, and see things and do th- it's just completely different. Like, yeah. So you don't have to be Elon. Yeah, no, you don't. You you're don't. not. You're not gonna be. You're not gonna be. Nobody, yeah. You're not gonna be. But, but that's okay. But you can. Ha- I'm telling you right now, I wouldn't trade places with Elon. Right. Because Elon hadn't seen my Instagram inbox. <laughs> I like that. But so. I, you know what I'm saying? Like I would like, and he deals with pressures. Yeah. That I don't deal with. Right. And and you know maybe our lives is. Is to some degree different, but mm-hmm. man, it's a good life. Yeah, I mean, you, know? y- you mentioned your Instagram inbox. So, I mean, Brandon always likes to. He asked me, like, you know, he wants to get 
I guess more of a connection. What foods do I like if I'm sad? You know, what? I don't know. Whatever. Just ignore it. But anyway, so regarding your Instagram inbox, what do women want? I think women want a man that knows who he is. Mm -hmm. A man that's going to take control of the situation. Mm -hmm. Non-apologetically take the lead and respect them. Mm -hmm. And the respect thing is something that I truly, with all my heart, believe you can do in a masculine way. Mm -hmm. You can't be out here just disrespecting women, you know, calling them bitches and hoes or right. whatever. Yeah, I think you can sit down, be respectful, have a firm conversation. And even if they don't get what they want, you can do that in the right way. Mm -hmm. That leaves an opening for a relationship to be there, even if she doesn't like the structure. Right. You know, and that's been my experience. Mm hmm. And, um, I think that if you can open up and have some kind of vulnerability with strength, yeah. um, then I think that you can really be successful with women. You how know? do, how do you define vulnerability with strength? So you sit down, it, it you got a hair on the table. Uh, <laughs> I think you, you can sit down and then you tell them your truth. Mm -hmm. Hey, listen, this is how I'm going to live my life. Mm -hmm. Um, I respect you, so mm -hmm. I'm not really trying to lie to you or play games with you or anything. I really want you around. I'd hate to see you go, mm -hmm. but this is how it's going to be. Mm -hmm. You know, now it's a, you know it is your decision. Yeah. I respect it. Just be honest. I love you anyway, mm -hmm. right? And, and this is how it is. And then you got to hold your ground, mm -hmm. you know. But you have to do that in a masculine way, which right. means that you're. I'm not going to raise my voice. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not going to throw a temper tantrum. Cry. You know, I'm definitely not going to cry. <laughs> Yeah. I'm definitely not going to cry. I, I said this on a show before. I believe that a man's job is to be the mountain that a woman's emotional waves crash into. Mm -hmm. If you can't give her structure like that, if you can't be the one that she can count on for safety provision, particularly emotionally right. for me, um, obviously physically and all those other monetarily, yeah, sure. But emotionally is where I think most men miss. Mm -hmm. You have to be stoic. Right. You have to stand in it. Yeah. You have to be the answer. Yeah. Uh, an emotional woman, uh, an emotional man is not going to help an no. emotional woman. No, he's not. <laughs> it's going to exacerbate the situation. She doesn't need another girlfriend, bro. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So if she can respect you, she can love you. Mm -hmm. right. Andrew says this. I say this. I've experienced this. I can have women that fucking hate me and they'll sleep with me. <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah. Punch me in the chest. Why is Why is that? <clears throat> Because they're not getting their way, so they're throwing a temper tantrum. Mm. So when they're punching me in the chest, I'm literally the rock that their emotional waves are crashing into. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, but they have to respect you because you're not disrespecting them. Yeah. You're telling them the truth. They mm -hmm. don't like it. Yeah. You're holding your ground. Mm -hmm. I, I believe that women lose respect almost immediately if she can if she thinks she can roll over a man. Right. Push them around. And here's the thing. They mm -hmm. call it shit testing, right? Yeah. A woman's going to shit test a man. Hmm. I haven't heard this. Yeah. So they say if a woman tests you, she's shit testing you. Hmm. I think that women, I think it's naturally kind of this primal thing that women do to test you mm -hmm. to see if you're going to be emotional or if you can't handle it. Because she needs to know that you can handle right. it. Because if you can't handle it, she needs to find somebody who can. So it's not intentional. It's no, just, I, don't, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. No. And but I think women get a bad a rap. Red, it's a red flag. Like, like subconsciously, <laughs> she's like pushes away probably if she sees that yeah like mm -hmm. you know uh you ever uh george Strait table for two yeah with candlelight and wine <laughs> yeah 
she didn't love them. Right. Yeah. She said, I've tried everything that I know of mm-hmm. and I can't make the feeling go. It's not there. Yeah. She didn't love them. Yeah. And he was sitting there simping with the ring. You know, <laughs> I think that if, 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 if there's not a, like a gap between the man and the woman, mm-hmm. if she can't look up to you and feel like you are the reason she is a better person, mm-hmm. then I don't, I don't not think it's going to happen. No, I don't think she can fall for you. Yeah. I was going to tweet the other day. It's like, if she doesn't cry when you leave, you're in trouble. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, like. And and I'm not saying a woman can't have her own life, but if you can in some way be her world, Mm -hmm. I think you're probably falling short Mm -hmm. because I think the most beautiful thing about love in the world is if a man can be the hero. Mm -hmm. And the reason I think that is because almost every fairy tale is written that way. Mm -hmm. And women read these fairy tales Mm -hmm. and they just want to get swept away yeah. and believe that he he's going to be there and he's saving her from a cruel, cruel world because yeah. that's what it is. Right. Well, you know? so what do you say with women? Say, well, why can't women be the hero? It doesn't work that way. <laughs> that's men not how w- the fairy tale goes? No. Well, look, yeah. men, and, men, men and women are equal, mm-hmm. but they do completely different things. Mm-hmm. And I believe that where men are unhappy is they don't feel appreciated, mm. you know? And if, if a man can't feel like he's doing something to be appreciated and he's valuable, mm-hmm. I think that's not very fulfilling for a man. Yeah. Uh, every man wants to be the hero. Right. If And this is probably over the top, and I've said this before, but no man wants a woman he can't save from a castle and a dragon. Right. That's the good stuff about it. Yeah. And I don't believe a woman wants a man that she doesn't feel like is doing that for her. Mm-hmm. You know? And yeah. That, and that's just been my experience. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, if, if that's what you've seen and that's what you've lived, then right. who's going to argue with that? But like, do you really, does a woman really want a man she can't look up to and be like, man, he's competent. He's strong. Mm-hmm. When I need him, he's there. Yeah. I just, and, and all these guys that think they're going to cry on their girlfriend's shoulder. I just think that's a bad move. Yeah. I would agree with In that. In every way, man. I think that's a bad move. You, you want to, you know, be upset, man. That's what you got your partners for. Because here's the thing. What the, what the fuck is she going to do about it? <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? What yeah. I'm saying, babe, you know, I'm behind on the schedule on this job. Do you think she's going to put, put the roof on for me? Yeah. Nah. Yeah. And, and she's not going to stop the demand letter from the GC and she's not going to fix the crane mm-hmm. and she's not going to push the boys. Yeah. So there's nothing for me to talk about with her. Right. You know? So that, that vent, if people want to say, well, I was just venting. Well, vent well, somewhere else. Yeah. Because it is impacting how she perceives you. You're telling her you can't handle it. All right. You're gonna. You're this close to breaking. Yeah, yeah. And and, and what happens when they, people jump off ships? Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm about to get off this horse. This ship sinking. <laughs> That's you know? a good point. And it's survival. You know, and, and you know, and they say, you know, women will tell you this. I've had women tell me this. They're like, you know, I'm gonna love you good or bad or in between. And I think in my mind, you're never gonna know whether I have a good day or not. Right. I tell them I can't have a bad day. Yeah. And she needs to believe you're that strong. Mm-hmm. It is your job. Yeah. And is that politically correct? Probably not now. But I think it's I think that if you look back at like the fifties or or back when, you know, men mm-hmm. were a little bit stronger, I, I think it worked then. Yeah. In a yeah. lot of ways. Well, I mean, I agree with that because to me, I mean, I had a hard time with that. That's why I never called in sick one day at my job because I'm like, they do not care how you feel. It doesn't matter what's going on. It doesn't matter if your car breaks down. It's like be at work. That it, that's all that matters. Are you yeah. going to be here when you're supposed to be here? If you're not, nothing, none of that other shit matters. Yeah. So it's like, 
none of it, like you can say whatever you want. It doesn't matter. Doesn't. You got to win anyway. It doesn't. It doesn't, especially in a man's world. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, that's, that's good. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Frame it's, is important, man. It's yeah. very important. It's a tough time right now. I feel like men are under fire, but I also think that, uh, I don't know. It's pretty clear on what, what's required of a man to me. It is to me as well. Um, unfortunately, I think the world's changed a lot in the last 10 years, mm -hmm. a whole lot. And, um, again, I think that's why this work is so fulfilling. Yeah. Because <clears throat> what I'm hoping is that maybe somehow, some way we can help enough young men that they don't have to step on some landmines that I think some people are probably stepping on right yeah. now. Yeah. Getting their leg blown off. Yeah. Cause I would I, agree with I that. I would rather take an ass whooping than have a heartbreak. Yeah. You want, you want to talk about it. I mean, shit, come on. Heartbreak last year, dude. Yeah, you're two years. And it's just, it's shit, man. And I've been there, whooping bro. is a yeah, day or yeah, two. Yeah, I mean, you might be swallowed for a couple months, man, but come on. No, I know. No, heartbreak. It messes everything up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it affects future relationships, too. <clears throat> yeah, All of so it. So, All yeah, if it. we can help people avoid that, then yeah. it's huge. And I do think I, I like your take on uh, the man's role in a relationship. I agree with that. I mean, I yeah. think it's our job to be stoic, to not pass on all our um, reservations or worries. It's like, right. no, no, deal with it. It doesn't help. Yeah. I did remember, too, I got some hate today. Um, it was on a, yesterday's post, and the guy said, took a shot at me and Goggins. No, it was on the clip I put up of Goggins. How are you going to take a shot at Goggins, bro? He did, but he said, right. he goes, I'm, I'm just an overhyped bow hunter. So I remember that was a good one. And that was just today. So, I mean, I still notice, but. Bro, you're like the most famous bow hunter in the world, bro. Get out I of guess, here. I guess that would be overhyped then, right? <sighs> Not in my opinion. <laughs> you helped me shoot them straight, bro. So. Well, hey, and so speaking of that, how good was that today? How, how good was our lift run shoot? I mean, this is going to be its own YouTube yeah. series. So this is an addition to the podcast, but tell me about the lift run shoot day here in Oregon. All right, let's start it off. So I, I fly in yesterday. Mm -hmm. I'm looking down. I'm like, well, this looks like God's country. Yes. So we land, we go, um, they, you, you guys set me up with a bow, man. Help me get my hands right. Even when I was shooting a bow, mm -hmm. When I was in college, I wasn't shooting right. Um, <laughs> Wayne Endicott at the bow rack got you dialed right. in. Wayne is yeah. the man. Yeah, so, he is. Uh, I mean, you really got it to a science. Mm -hmm. You know, we were talking about, like, you know, how the arrows and the torque, like, yeah, so obviously I'm going to be, be really tune. interested in the, um, in the mechanics and the engineering of mm -hmm. it. And so all that got dialed in. And then we went this morning and shot. Um, I was grouping good. Yeah. And then we went out 73 yards and got the, and got to pop the balloon, man. Yeah. Got to use the bubble because uh, we ran out of pins. Right. Which the was incredible. Bottom pin was 60 yards. Yeah. So we got that done, man. Made that shot. And then uh, then we started the hill part of the day, which is <laughs> you trying to make me run up a mountain. So you we did got, run. Yeah, I did. And then um, and I walked a bit, but whatever. It was a mountain. And uh, and then I get to the top and I think it's over and you pull out a big ass boulder and you're like, we're going to carry this boulder down a mountain. And I said, well, yeehaw, cowboy, let's do it. <laughs> oh, you did so, awesome. So definitely um, a beast built for that. We got, we got the boulder down, down the mountain, mm -hmm. loaded up in the truck, came back yeah. and then we had a hell of a workout. So yeah. you've been testing my cardio the whole time I've been here. It was my first <laughs> workout in 12 weeks. You know, I had my shoulder surgery like eight days ago, 10 days yeah. ago. I can't remember, but, 
Um, yeah, my doctors will be pissed when they see it, but it'll be too late. So yeah. So, uh, and man, I had an incredible time. I, for sure. Still having fun. So uh, learning a lot. I like your structure and your setup, man. Oh, thank you. It's sick. Yeah. It's sick. I mean, it means a lot to me that you'd come all the way out here and share this day with me, which, you, you, you know, yeah. it's hard to know what to expect. People on Instagram are maybe not as they are in reality yeah. i'm pretty much it it, yeah. it is what it is yeah. it's what i do and you came out here you kicked ass and everything i mean shooting at 73 yards is difficult the mountain is difficult let alone the rock and then in the weight room of course that's i mean you've been yeah. doing this your whole life so yeah. it's no surprise you're you're yeah. great there but it means a lot to me to be you come out here and share a complete day with me and then we'd get fueled with wild game we had deer steak chili and then we had elk for dinner it's like can it get any better no 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 um to anybody that's coming just just know it's, it's gonna be time to work <laughs> you know so for any yeah. of you guys come behind me just go ahead and get ready man you might want to you might want to take a couple laps around the neighborhood before you come because <laughs> uh, it's going to be intense man but i enjoyed it as well you know i don't look at myself as a youtuber mm -hmm. i'm just a normal guy doing my best yeah you know well, that's what resonated with me, yeah. you know, on, on Jedediah's podcast is yeah. you seemed that that was it. It's like you just worked your ass off and now you're, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it seems like you're at the pinnacle and you're still going. Man, you know what's crazy about like, you can, if you don't continue to grow and you don't continue to move the goalposts, I think you'd be unhappy, mm -hmm. you know, but um, I don't think I'm anything more than a normal guy that tried really hard. Yeah. You know, and I, I still fail and I still think everything I do is not enough. Mm -hmm. And I would tell anybody that feels like they haven't done enough, you know, you just keep working hard and look up in seven years. Yeah. See how you do then. Yeah. You know? That's a hard, that's a thing. Yeah. That's what people struggle with is keeping their head down and working. Yeah. They want that reward. Right now. Too quick. Right. Yeah. And um, I think I've been blessed in a lot of ways in my life because Instagram wasn't as popular when I was 24. I didn't right. even around, mm -hmm. you know, and I have those old 80s baby roots. Right. You know, and um, to any young men that are struggling with that, man, I think that every generation gets a new set of problems that come with a new set of opportunities. Mm -hmm. And I try to remember that when I look at the young guys because they grew up with it mm -hmm. and I didn't. It came and I was an adult already. Yeah. And so I had some of those kind of more old school, be seen, not heard, mm -hmm. you know, talk with your pads, work hard, shut up. Yeah. You know, and I'm very grateful for that. And I'm not so arrogant. I think it gave you an advantage. Yes, yeah. sir. Mm -hmm. I'm not so arrogant to believe it didn't. Yeah. You know, and yeah. so what I would hope to do is put some of that into the guys that watch me and hope that I can give it back in that way. Yeah. I, I don't think I'll ever be super polarizing. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think I'll ever be. Uh, anything other than somebody that just tells the truth and, and yeah. does and does my best while I'm trying to help them. Right. You know, because I'm still climbing mountains too, yeah. That's what I, so. I see you doing your best. I mean, you did your best today. Bro, and you almost fucking killed me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was great. Uh, so if there's young men watching, and so how much does a uh, Bugatti cost, do you know? I think Andrews is $5 million. $5 million. Yeah. Okay, so what does somebody do if they want to, if they're watching this as a young man and they want to drive a Bugatti? I would tell you that it's very likely that you'll find happiness long before you reach the wealth of Andrew and a Bugatti. Mm -hmm. And that kind of ties into what I said earlier. I personally 
would rather buy a property in mm-hmm. Rainford than Asher. <laughs> Five but million dollars will buy a lot of doors. Yes, sir. Won't It'll it? buy a whole lot of doors. And then I'll yeah. be making money for years. And that's where I'm putting all my M's right now. I'm just shoving them into real estate. And, yeah. Uh, and, 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 you know, and really trying to make sure I'm doing the right thing. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I think everybody has a, has a window of opportunity in their life. And I feel like I'm in mine right now. And the number one thing I'm trying to do is not mess it up. Yeah. You know, and uh, I'm really grateful to even have the opportunity to do it in the first place. Mm-hmm. So I love my Ford. Yeah. I do have a G-Wagon. It's a nice little tax write-off. <laughs> but I didn't trade that Ford in. Right. F-150, let's go. Yeah. You know, because if I'm being honest, if I had to pick one or two, I'd pick that truck. You can't show up to the job no. site in a G-Wagon. Nope. <laughs> and I have my gun under my seat and my whiskey in my console. There you go. You're so, ready. Yeah. So put Aldean on. I'm going to take a drive. Man. Oh, so, Al, so, yeah, hey, bro, we, we talked about Aldean. Bro, I love Aldean. The GOAT. Man. Yeah, he, he's, bro, him and George, bro, that's my favorite too. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, I just want to, I just want to end this, first of all, with giving you. Ah, uh, that's right. This. Yeah. And officially welcoming, welcoming you to the Keep Hammering Collective Bow Hunting Brotherhood. Yeah. There's your Hoyt. Incredible. The Keep Hammering Hoyt that you shot so well today. It did, it went really well. So that, that marks the end of our lift run shoot experience and the day here in the in the studio doing all we do, doing podcasts, and that's your bow to take home. And I just want you to know again how thankful I am that you came out here to Oregon. Yeah, appreciate man, you. It means a lot to me. I'm so grateful, and I really appreciate it. I hope we get a, get to find a way to work again. To, we will. Absolutely. We will. I mean, I'm, I'm paying attention to what you're doing. Keep it up. Yeah. Love it. Thanks, man. Thank you. You're an outlier. Thanks. Appreciate it. Black Rifle Coffee Company is a company that's very easy for me to promote because I drink coffee all day, every day. But more importantly, they are a huge supporter of the veteran community and are a veteran-owned business, so they have my full support. Use code KEEPHAMMERING for 20% off your first order and 20% off subscription to The Coffee Club, where you get exclusive coffee blends and merchandise. I'd like to mention a longtime partner of mine, Mountain Op Supplements. I take their products every day and they keep me performing at my best year after year. I should also note that my son Truett works for the company, so I have firsthand knowledge of their focus on faith, family, and fitness. Makes it really easy to partner with a company whose values align with mine. They have a special deal for you guys right now for the podcast launch. If you use code KEEPHAMMERING on a purchase of $75 or more, you get a free Keep Hammering BCAA in my new signature flavor, pineapple. I'm all about high-level performance, and the BCAs really help me perform.